City of Heroes podcast, special episode three. Guys, we got Hero One. How you doing? Welcome to the City of Heroes podcast, a resource for the casual heroes gamer. Your hosts, Chooch and Viv, are here to explain basic and advanced features of COH, as well as give tips and answer your questions about this great MMO. Welcome, we've got something special for you tonight. I'm Viv. And I'm Juch. We actually just finished recording the interview with Hero One. And he was so gracious, it went really long. Mm-hmm. Yes. We went over our allotted time. <laughs> yeah. Turns out all three of us are chatty. <laughs> <laughs> so we'd actually recorded a full episode, or, you know... Not a full episode, but we had you know our regular news and feedback segments, and then the interview was going to be the main topic. And yeah, there's just way too much. So we'll release that regular episode later in the week. Right. But yeah, this is this was too big for us to chop up and like make it fit. So mm-hmm. Joe gets his own episode, man. Oh yeah, he deserves it. He totally does, guys. He was so nice. And he was so cool. Yeah, we we really would have him on again as soon as Pazzi allows it. (laughs) (laughs) So, without further ado, here comes the interview. Squee! Welcome back. And now, probably the part that most people are tuned in for, I'm going to imagine... Right, they're skipping to this part. (laughs) Viv and I have a special guest on the phone, and we'd like to say hi and introduce Joe Morrissey, otherwise known as Hero One. Hello. Hi, Joe. Oh, there we go. We lost sound for a minute there. That was scary. (laughs) Can you still hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, cool. So welcome. Sorry for the technical difficulty, but we have you now, and we're going to keep you for as many hours as you'll let us keep you. <laughs> All right. Well, we're trying to get upset. <laughs> so we know that in the official forums, there were a whole bunch of questions that were posed, and I had a bunch um, that I had come up with, and I wanted to kind of intro with a couple things just about you and about the company. Oh, no. Excellent. Yeah. And then get into more content questions. And the cool. first natural question that came to me with you is how did you get into game development? Um, I could lift a computer monitor. Nice. <laughs> that was, uh, I, I applied for, I, I started initially, I was working at a startup company in the Bay area. That was one of the many startup companies that didn't start up. And when that was beginning to fail, uh, my manager pulled me in and said, I should maybe look for another job mm-hmm. because the this the company was going to be closing, and I was like, well, you know, I'm playing a lot of video games, 
And I got this English background. Maybe I could do something with that. And <laughs> so I applied as a, I was doing IT work at this company at the time. And so I applied for an IT job at Blizzard North mm-hmm. and um, went for this horrendous interview that <laughs> I totally thought I had failed. And but they called back like three weeks later and they said, hey, we want to offer you the job. And I literally was like, are you sure you called the right person? Right. Like, I did I did really bad on that interview. And they're like, no, you did a lot better than most people because it was one of these like IT tests that you weren't supposed to pass. Oh. So it was really more of like how you kind of tried to solve the problems. And mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't realize that when I went into it. So but no, I started doing IT work and I was across the hall from a lot of the guys who were working on the story for Diablo 2 at the time. And I would just, you know, talk to them about stuff. And I, with my, my background in English lit, there was a lot that I actually had to offer. And, you know, two or three months in, the guy who was working on the story ended up actually going to another company. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was Eric Schaefer, one of the initial fat founders, was like, hey, does anybody know what's going on with these quests for the game? Like, we need somebody to work on that. And I was like, well, I know. And <laughs> so I was just right place, right time, pretty much, with that. And ever since, you know went more of the story route and the mission design route mm-hmm. with both of them. And so, yeah, that was pretty much how I got in. But initially, oh, that's right. The whole thing was uh, one of the requirements for the IT job was you had to be able to lift a certain amount of weight <laughs> because <laughs> the the artists had these giant monitors that mm-hmm. uh, you had to be able to carry around with you to put on their desk. So <laughs> I was like, wow, I can lift 50 pounds. I can do this job. That works. <laughs> nice. <But> yeah. <laughs> Kind of not really a glamorous way in, that's for sure. Well, yeah, most of IT isn't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, I don't have to do any of that anymore. So. <laughs> and uh, kind of a follow-up, how did you get started with uh, Cryptic or NCSoft? Um, I had always liked uh, City of Heroes when I was I was still working at Blizzard at the time. And then Blizzard North uh, shut down, or they relocated the team down to... Irvine from San, San Mateo up here mm-hmm. in the Bay Area. And I applied then, but they weren't hiring at the time. And I might not have had the skill set that they were looking for. And so I ended up going to an, another jo- company for about 18 months. And then um, pretty much my wife and I found out about a little over a year ago that we were going to have our first kid. Ah. And so, yeah, it's very hero too. <laughs> um, I love it. We, uh, and so. That was my, my commute uh, at my other job, which said at Backbone Entertainment at the time, was about an hour and a half one way. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a long drive from, from where I live in San, San Jose. And so we kind of had the, okay, you know, you're going to have a kid. you got to be home mm-hmm. more and stuff. Like I wouldn't get home till 7, 8 o'clock at night. And yeah. So we looked around at, you know, game studios that were kind of in the area. And Cryptic, you know, was in Los Gatos, which is literally like a stone's throw away from where we live. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'll apply again, but I don't know if I'm good enough to get in there. I, you know, we'll see. And so I applied. Pa Ozzatron called me up. We did a phone interview. Um, and then they brought me in and they, they, they offered me the job. So that was pretty much it. And the commute was great. It was like 10 minutes. You know, the team is awesome. Like these... What is it? They're called like the the Frame Fifteen or whatever now. The, <laughs> the I was there. They're the 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 fighting Fifteen in regards to the because the the team was just you know each one of these people are just really unbelievable with what they can do because they all have to wear so many hats. Right. And it was a little in, in intimidating to come on because it was kind of in the heat of issue ten mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and um, uh, Constellation was the guy who was doing this job before I, um, and he needed to move up to Marvel. They they had a lot of work they needed him to do on that project, and so it was uh, you know get Joe up to speed ASAP and and go. And so there was was a kind of definitely you know trial by fire in that respect. Oh yeah. And, uh, but I like that, and that's that's the awesome part about the job is the great part was is no one got mad if you failed. It was only, you know, because you were just kind of in this impossible situation to kind of get things done. So you could really just really, you know, experiment with it. And the trick was really seeing, like, bringing Constellation's vision to life in it because he had already set a lot of the foundation for what he wanted the issue 10 invasion to be. Uh And it was just a matter of me actually going in and making sure that, like, the scripting worked and that the the logic worked for stuff and the right guys show up and they said the right dialogue and mm-hmm. everything unlocked when it was supposed to, which was crazy. But <laughs> we, I, I got through it somehow, which is actually why, you know, to totally ramble at this point, but uh, <laughs> which is actually why I picked the Hero One as my red name ah. because there's two things that I really liked about Hero One. One was, you know, going through issue 10, kind of that very invasion trial by fire thing was very reminiscent to what I was feeling at the time while working on issue 10. (laughs) And so here it was, you had this hero who basically was dramatically changed in the process Mm -hmm. by the, and so, and then the second thing was, is from my, more of my Diablo background for writing, we always had this, this prevalent theme in the game, which was the, uh, the hero might win, but at what cost? Mm. And, and it, it just totally, Hero One just resonated with me with that. That here's this guy who just like does the biggest sacrifice you can do and throws himself in through the, the portal with the Omega team to close it down and yeah. mm-hmm. and say you know saves the world. But you find out later like he paid you know for it with, with his soul basically. Like, yeah, you know, it was completely corrupt. And I was like, that's awesome. I totally want to be that guy. <laughs> yeah, very cool. So I, that's that's might answer a couple of your questions there that was one of our questions later on was how do you get to pick your red name and if it was like some ritualistic or hazing (laughs) if i had to guess we might go a little more you don't pick your red name your red name picks you there you go it was a different story when there was only like 15 of us but now as we're getting larger Mm -hmm. we're starting to kind of go you know what maybe we should kind of control this a little bit more we'll we'll see how it goes so dartboard or i think it's more of like the personality we're like you know you're really more of a um jose brogan than you are (laughs) no no, that's not true we don't have a jose brogan so how much have things changed now that you're uh ncnc north cal much it's just um, it's weird. Like it hasn't changed at all, but it's mm-hmm. changed a lot. Like it's, it's the same team. It's all the same people. We're in different cubes. We're in a different you know location. Um, now that we're beginning to hire on more people, it's, uh, it's interesting to see the, the team kind of grow to fit what our vision of what we want the game to be is, mm-hmm. awesome. is, is the nice part about it is that, it really is like even like I was I was only at Cryptic for about six months before everything kind of happened, and the 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 team of Coh was like they were really tight. Like we were we were actually on a different floor than the Mar the the Marvel team, and we didn't have a lot of interaction with them. So it feels kind of like that still. Like you know, even though this office doesn't have a second story to it, there could be a whole other team up there right now working on something, and it would feel pretty much the same way. But now that that Brian's, you know, stepped up to to take over everything. 
for the studio and Matt's really kind of come into his own with, you know, leading the vision of where we kind of want this game to go. It's, uh, it's really exciting. It's, it's definitely the dream job, especially on my part to kind of sit there and go, you know, I think we really need to do this. And we go, yeah, that's awesome. Let's do it. Oh, that's amazing. And NCSoft is really good. Like they're, they're very hands-off with kind of how we want to make the game and what we want to make it as. Like, they're, mm-hmm. they're great for feedback. Like, we, we, we go to them to talk about, you know, our upcoming issues and what we want to do. And they give, you know, they're, they're game makers too. And they've been, been, been doing it as long, if not longer, than a lot of us. And mm-hmm. so there's a great feedback in regards to that, that which is nice. That's really all you can really hope for. Yeah, I really, I'm trying to think of, like, you know, the only thing I could, you know, maybe it would... Be closer to my house, or like in your backyard. Like, yeah, I'm like that's. <laughs> there's really not much more to to kind of ask for. Like we've, I mean, this issue alone, like this is, I think, probably the best issue we've done uh, easily since I've been on on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, some might even argue, period. But inventions was pretty cool. I'll mm-hmm. admit. So, but uh, I'll leave that up to the fans to decide. But oh, yeah, just. The list of new features is very impressive. It really <laughs> is. Yeah, we're very excited about I-12 ourselves. Well, that's like initially we were we were worried, right? Like we were very cautious about, you know, moving into the new office, getting the new people up, up to speed, like every everything that goes into that, right? Like mm-hmm. when it was going to happen. And um, we were initially very, very kind of concerned about how it was going to work. So we were cautious about what to expect from issue 12. But mm-hmm. as we've we you know hit the ground running like it really did it seemed like it was it went off without a snag for the most part like the the move and the the computers and the network and and getting everyone up to speed there was like a couple minor hiccups but nothing major and that just mean that that just meant that we got to crank out so much more content for stuff mm-hmm. i'm a big fan of the quality of life stuff i think mm-hmm. um, like the 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 contact redesign yeah Um, Yeah. i was one of the main guys behind that and thank you it's been some it's been something the players have been asking for really it was just you know stealing from the forums so Mm -hmm. it was like this could be better you know and you're right so could badges that would be nice too so (laughs) that was my first comment could you please apply this to badges (laughs) yeah we all kind of laughed about it because we have that same comment internally (laughs) nice (laughs) and kind of informally talking to people uh the most excited people seem to really be is the new user interface tweaks the new quick slots and moving them around and Mm -hmm. yeah that's a lot of yeah the guy who's working on that um he's crazy with that stuff like he he's such a big player like which is great like to have guys that like they go way past the rest of us as far as their understanding of the game and what you know they really do know what the players want Mm -hmm. because they're they're one of them and and he's he's one of those guys like he's just, you know, and so all the stuff that he's working on has been great. The COH developers are more involved with the forums and interacting with the community than I've ever seen in any game. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, I mean, this is my first, arguably my first massive multiplayer. One of my old bosses would always argue that Diablo 2 was actually a massive multiplayer. <laughs> That's a topic for a roundtable at yeah. the Game Developers Conference. <laughs> But yeah, so it's interesting to kind of be working on a game that you're always shipping, but yet you've always shipped. Mm-hmm. And because uh, on one hand, you're you're always going through the forums and, and and getting feedback on what players like or don't like, and then you're always thinking forward about what what it is you want to bring to the table. 
And, and that's just been really great to see. I mean, that's like, I actually love the, as nerve wracking as it is, I love the closed beta and open beta period because mm-hmm. it really, you know, it's where the rubber hits the road for a lot of the missions and a lot of the systems that come into place. Oh, yeah. A great example is the Imperious Task Force that we have for I-12. I put a lot of work, probably more work than I should have, into that task force. <laughs> and, and so far, the response has been pretty good from it. So, so that's good. Hopefully, I don't know if it makes up for the amount of time I spent when I could have been working on other content. But uh, <laughs> cool. would have been nice. Yeah. In your dev diary, you said, you know, don't blame Posi for this. Which made me curious about how these uh, new issues and storylines get started. If they're driven by new technology that becomes available or driven by a story specifically or customer requests. It's actually, it's kind of like, it would be nice to say that there's like a simple system to it, but there there really isn't a lot of the times. Like, um, we'll do a, a roundtable and kind of decide, at least this is the way it was done in the past. I, I kind of get the impression now that in you know we're under NCSoft's roof mm-hmm. wholly that that our dynamic is kind of changing some. We're now thinking much more forward than we used to. Okay. And so it used to be that we would we would kind of do a round table and kind of go, okay, what new features do we want to bring to the table? You know, what new story elements do we want to bring to the table? And then from that, you know, that's kind of how I saw like I wasn't around for the issue ten pitch for that for invasion, but for flashback you know that was definitely i was in in the room for that and it was like well this is a feature that we think will bring a lot to the table it could Mm -hmm. be very cool and then like my job for that was to then to give like a story trapping to it to like besides for just making it like a mission computer that you can go up and get a mission and you know flashback to and everything it was actually really giving it some context and that's where we came up with ouroboros and mindersilas and all the rest of them wow to kind of uh, go from there, and even the secret hidden letters that I put all over the place, um, <laughs> which I have way too much fun with as well. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so um, for for issue twelve, it was maybe more along the lines of what you would expect from a story angle mm-hmm. that we had always wanted to do this Roman theme to stuff because so much of the game's lore is kind of steeped in it. Mm-hmm. And we even tried to do it for issue 11, like one of the, the arcs that you have for, for issue 12 now. Like we pretty much already had an issue 11 and just time didn't really a lot for that to, to come out. So we, we pushed it back into, into I-12, which is where you have Time Zero, the, the flashback task force that you have now. So the general idea was we knew Romans. Or Romanesque, right? They're mm-hmm. not traditional Romans. And from there, it was like, how how do we want to tell the story of these guys, and what what lens do we want to put them through? And I mentioned that in the dev diary, like the mm-hmm. the, the Midnighter Squad was always a group that, as I would do research, I would always come across their name, right? And I was like, these guys are pretty cool. Like I could really see this. And honestly, too, at the uh, we had a meet a meet and greet mm-hmm. here in in the Bay Area a little while ago, and I was talking to some of the fans there, and one of them was basically saying, like, you guys need to do more magic stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. you've been doing this tech stuff for a while. You need to do more magic. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll look into that. And sure enough, like, totally right. Like, we we were kind of lacking on some magic. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, hey, maybe we'll take a, a magic theme. We'll have some Romanesque stuff. I can kind of focus on the Midnight Squad. And then, bam, like, we kind of went to where, where we're at now. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, issue 13 and forward 
Oh, we have a much, I think, stronger vision for kind of where we're going to be going with those, oh, which okay. is good. That was one of the questions is kind of how far ahead do you have things planned out? Is 13, 14, issue 25? <laughs> um, we know we we know the big points. Like if you looked at it like a landscape, like we know the mountains. And we, we know that, you know, at some point we're going to want to resolve this plot line. At some point we're going to have this reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, and each, which is kind of makes makes it good because you can look at, you know, once we're going to do a kickoff for an issue and go, okay, is this where we bring out this character? Is this where we, we do this reveal? Is this when we go to this zone? Okay. And we go, yeah, not yet. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, let's do this other stuff. Or, hey, you know what we should really do? We should really do this. And to some extent, it's, it's dictated by what we see on, on, on the boards and how players are responding. It's also kind of the direction that we want to take the game in general. Like, I've... I've really tried to make you know, I-10, 11, and 12 actually feel more closely tied together as far as uh, lore-wise, con- content-wise, than mm-hmm. the other zones, than the other issues might have been, which hopefully will pay off eventually. But uh, right now, it's just it feels more like I'm hanging, you know, red, hanging plot threads out for, for players that I will never resolve, which <laughs> I... I plan, I, I plan not to do that. I, I don't like the hanging plot thread. Yeah, we appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's one of my biggest problems with Lost. I'd have to say is, uh, are you ever going to answer why that statue only had you know was it three toes or whatever? Right. You know, I've and stopped like, watching Lost because of that. I'll wait until the whole series is over, and then I'll just lock myself in the house for a week and watch it all over again. Yeah. And that's actually the best way, I think, to do it. I mean, it's hard, to, you know, everyone here talks about it when it comes out, and it's hard to kind of not be a part of those conversations. But <laughs> it's definitely, you know, it's the best way. It it makes it less painful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the uh, forums, I'm sure a lot of forum people are looking forward to have their questions answered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, hopefully, I think I've answered some of them. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, actually, the first yeah. one... Um, from O Lantern was saying what inspired with the Roman theme, so you pretty much covered that. And further, he says, Sorry. "What was the most difficult part mm-hmm. of it?" Yeah, that was actually. Um, I think the most difficult part was how to make it relevant to the player. I mean, mm-hmm. it's always it's always difficult when you have to do you know time travel, anyways. But, you know, to make this important to, like, why why is it important to go back to this ancient zone long ago? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we did a pretty decent job of it on the hero side. The villain side, we, we probably could have done a better job of it, and I think we will do a better job as we go forward. Um, the zone is by no means done. You've, uh, you're going to get all the content you have now for I-12 in it, but going forward, we, we definitely, it's such a beautiful place. Like, we're, we're going back there. We're, mm-hmm. we, we got plenty of stuff to do there down the road. But yeah, that was probably the most difficult point to go, like, why should a villain care that he goes back here and has to do all of this stuff? Or why should a hero care? Mm-hmm. Right. So um, a question from Heaven's Run. I'm actually going to take a portion of that question that really intrigued me, and that was, is this upcoming origin of powers storyline going to tell all of us exactly where all of our superpowers come from and how do Keldians fit into the origin specific dialogue that you mentioned? The Keldian one's easy because right now there's no specific dialogue for them. Um, <laughs> I didn't do any. That's, that's my bad. I probably should have. The, you know, you're working uh, on task forces, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was too busy. 
Sister Solaris is just way too hot not to work on her. <laughs> um, well, we now know where everybody's going to be lining up on launch day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. We're like, really? Jay? Really? Okay. <laughs> so um, it's funny when you tell them, hey, I want like sexy Amazon women, you know, from like Paradise uh, Island, which I think is what you guys were trying to remember. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and, you know, he, he, he takes direction well. So that was good. Um, no, but as far as the, uh, the actual real question, which is like, do we tell you like where your powers come from, um, or how you got your powers? And, you know, my answer is hopefully not like we, we really tried to make sure that, that we didn't, um, overwrite somebody's, uh, or their own cre- creation that they've done for their origin. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I mean, even with, we did the Dr. Brainstorm stuff with the power proliferation, right. like it was. It was a concern we had while working on it at the table that we wanted to kind of show more the connections of powers Mm -hmm. and not as much like all naturals get their super abilities through this or all magic users get their ability through this. Um, My main focus on the the origin of power arc was more like the history of power, Mm -hmm. like how it's how it's come through through the world of Paragon and the Rogue Isles to kind of be what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that that was a lot of fun to actually kind of do. Um, I know like w- the Warwitch character that you go and talk to, she, if you're a, a magic origin, she has pages of information for those who care right. <laughs> to, to read it. Um, and those who don't can say thank you and, and, be, and move you know, on. That was one of the, one of the nice things about this contextual dialogue or branching dialogue, you know, however we, we, we refer to it is that it, it opens up a door for me to, to give the players who really aren't as concerned about what is on, you know, what, what text is there to kind of just give them like the nuts and bolts of what they need. But the guy who wants a little bit more, you know, I could now add like a link there that's like, Hey, would you like to know like the origin of like where all this stuff's coming from? And they can click on that and kind of get that. So I'm not sure if we'll see a lot of like split of that where we'll have a lot of missions. I'll have, you know, you know, the, the quick and dirty version or the, um, the long version, but it's the options there for me now. So that's good. Well, and I think a lot of people are going to appreciate that you give that kind of how the things tie together rather than blowing whatever concept that they've come up with for their characters, because Mm -hmm. that's one of my favorite things about hanging out. You know, I call it the peach pit in Atlas park and you can see different characters and read their bio and see what they've come up with on how they've gotten their powers. And it's nice that your guys aren't kind of overriding that with something else. Oh yeah, totally. That's actually, I thought about doing a, like a once a week contest where I would like post like my favorite, you know, you know, like, character bio that i saw oh that, that somebody had and then i realized it would just be on virtue because that's all i play on <laughs> and i'm like yeah maybe that's not such a good idea <laughs> all of a sudden virtue would be having problems yeah well you you get a lot of people rightfully so that are like hey how come you never go to freedom how yeah. can you never you know well everybody's and just then... going to transfer to virtue so that's <laughs> yeah. you know login problems and thankfully no one knows who i actually play yeah on on live which is good so. Well, that's what you have to do to be able to enjoy the game, I think, too, to actually yeah. have a, um, a pure experience of it. Yeah, which pretty much seems to me like I play the game and then I have like a notepad next to me of all the things that I want to do to the missions or to the area or whatever. So that's, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I can't seem to turn my brain off most of the time when I play it. Aww. 
<laughs> it's fine. It just means that eventually, you know, the game will be that much better. Even better, for right? Yeah. <laughs> There's were two questions that were actually related somewhat. One was from Proliator. I'm sure I'm going to murder some of these names. Who wrote? Are there more plans for the Rickty since the Midnight Squad is so anti-Rickty? It makes sense, but are there any new major things? Are we going to visit the surface of their homeworld? Are we going to <laughs> finally figure out why they hate us so much? Are we going to learn more about how a human becomes a Rickety, Rickety Big Hunter General? And Mr. Magnanimous says, story-wise, will you ever get a better impression of the alien race that long ago altered the people of the Rickety homeworld dimension? Yeah, I think the short answer is yes, <laughs> if I had to guess, because uh, as a fan, like, I would totally love to say yes to all of those questions. Right. <laughs> uh, I would, yeah. And as and so that's kind of my job as as a dev is to is to bring those those questions to life i i know for sure like we're not going to walk away from the rickty anytime soon they're a major threat in the game right issue 12 you know kind of brings them back into focus through the the midnight squad and you kind of see like what other impact they've had besides for just you know through van vanguard Mm -hmm. and yeah i i think all of that lore is so you know rich uh, that we We'd be fools not to explore it. Mm-hmm. Okay, it would, and, you know, that way you can get Hero 1 in a m- mission again. So, you know, <laughs> I'm all for that. Maybe a task force. Yeah, he's got to <laughs> figure out how to how to deal with the rictus, the rick being rictified. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so is any chance of heading through a portal and landing on the surface of their home world? Not in the near future, but it definitely is something that we talk about. It would it would be very nice to be able to do. It just it, it you know again it all depends on how like not wanting to give anything away, but it's like right. how we want to, you know. I, I mentioned that you know we 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 understand the landscape of where we want this game to go, uh, but that doesn't mean we we understand you know all of the landmarks along the way, mm-hmm. and we know like okay at some point we we want to wrap up the Rickty invasion, and what's the best way to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like. And that way, and honestly, you know, that way might go a completely different direction than, than even the fans and myself can perceive of right now. But it would mm-hmm. be so much cooler than whatever way it is. So Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, a question from Zalibrius, who says, Hello, the big, biggest question on my mind is, will the new zone being added with issue 12, which is level 35 to 50, follow the footsteps of the Ricky War Zone and being a co-op zone for both heroes and villains? And I thought that was... Part of the announcement. Yeah, that was that wasn't the announcement. Um, it might not have been as strong, but yeah, it it is it is a co-op zone. Okay. Um, I think it's gonna, like I said, like what we have in there now for the content because we got in Imperius's task force and we have some other stuff in there you can do as well. But um, there isn't as strong of a villain presence as I would like to see, mm. and so hopefully that's something I can I can get dip my hands into mm-hmm. as we move forward. <laughs> At least that's definitely our goal because I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to go into the zone or or check out any of the instance missions that we have in there, but they're they're gorgeous. They're just absolutely beautiful. So that's like we're like, well, you know, we should just really like have the game hang out here for a while. This is nice, but uh, we'll <laughs> yeah, we'll nice. see. I don't know. You know, there's these non-disclosure things, and we don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, we that's cannot. True. Admit or deny that we are or are not in beta. <laughs> okay. 
I was going to say, because by the time this goes live... Tomorrow. Yeah, everything should should be good. We should be able to get in there. Yep, open beta. <laughs> and then the bugs will really fly in. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I feel for you guys. It's, 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 it's the fun part of it. Like, it's, you know, it's maybe not the fun part, but it's the, <laughs> it's the, the necessary part to actually start seeing how, what comes back. This time, things have been fairly good. I say crossing my fingers and <laughs> on, but... We've got a couple ones, but I feel like I'm finally starting to get a handle on our systems here in, in the game. Well, and it's better to find them now than after the game goes live on the live server. So, you know, may as well just get ready for it. Yeah, I have enough of those already. So, yeah. so we have a question from Shadow Wings. In, All right. In the upcoming issues, will the storm mentioned by Ouroboros be further introduced, including the writer of the letters you find in certain Ouroboros mission slash TFs? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, all all will be revealed with that. Nice. It was it was an idea that kind of sprung to mind while we were working on eleven, as far as the letters, and the coming storm is is a seed for events. You know, down the road when we it's one of those mountains that when we want to take you to that mountain, it will it it will play out and it'll be very cool. Um, and as far as the letters, I don't necessarily know if I want to say if they're tied together right now with the coming storm and the, the letters. I mean, the, they definitely are on when, when you read them. But uh, there, there's a lot of reveals with those that we can do before we get to the coming storm, before the storm has come, I guess I would say. Gotcha. But uh, we actually, Ozatron and I talked for issue 12 if we wanted to reveal who it was that writes the letters because mm. we have, we haven't even done that yet. Right. We're totally teasing you guys. <laughs> and, uh, and so, but at the, you know, at the end of it, we decided to continue to tease. Basically we, we got some really cool stuff for it. I'm really excited about it. And I'm hoping it's going to take again. I'm hoping the players are going to look at stuff and go, wow, they really, you know, my hope is to surprise mm-hmm. and to, to shock and awe if <laughs> possible. Well, so, yeah. we'll, we'll be as patient as we can possibly bear to be. <laughs> well, I mean, it should be hopefully good news that, you know, we had even talked about this issue about kind of wrap, wrapping up the plot lines. Because I initially saw this, at least part of the letters to be a plot line that we could wrap up fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Because I, I didn't want to, like I said before, I didn't want to have a lingering plot thread out there that just right. never really got, got resolved. Um, it just wasn't best for, for this issue. We didn't have enough flashback content this issue to really kind of merit it. And since you only get these notes from when you do a flashback mission mm-hmm. and I kind of stash them, you know, in somewhat hidden places. So it was like, well, we only have one this time, so we don't really want that to be the one. So right. let's see how we do next time. So, yeah, that makes sense. So we have a question from Cypher. Will we see more historical scenarios added to Ouroboros? I'd love to visit more bits of history. Brass Monday, the December 7th, 1941 invasion, Recluse's overthrow of the Weaver. Yeah, that's a uh, Brass Monday was even actually on the table at one point when we were ta- talking about the initial flashback stuff. It just, again, like to, to do it right, like to really make it as cool as we want it to be. We're like, yeah let's let's wait like let's see what's going on but yeah that's that's one of the great things about flashback like from a player standpoint or a system standpoint the crystal is great to go back and play old content that right. already came out but from a storyteller place 
I have this great opportunity to where basically I can tell kind of two stories at the same time. Mm-hmm. I can tell the story of where you guys are at, like this, the, the, why the, you know, the missions you're doing now, um, and kind of how they're going forward. But then I can also take you back to the, the beginnings of those ideas. And from that kind of give you background and, and ideas about like why what you're doing now is, is important and how long it's been around. And I think stuff like Brass Monday would be an, an excellent way to, to do that. Yeah, that would be that would be an awesome one. I'm all I'm already thinking about it. Oh, cool. <laughs> nice. Got a question from Kitsune Ninetales. So, stepping into Manicore's shoes, are you consciously trying to emulate what he had going on, or heading in your own direction? I always need to be faithful to the lore of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm probably the fourth or fifth guy, I think, to pretty much take on this role here. So, uh, there's a lot that's been done before I got here. And if I was to completely break out on my own, then that would probably be bad. Mm-hmm. So, and, and Manicore definitely helped establish a lot of where things are going. So my first job is really, like I said, to be faithful to what we, what we've done and what, what we want to do. So I need to figure out like, because there's so much content and so many people have worked on it, there's stuff that, you know, I think, Azatron had mentioned this before that there's a lot that like we just don't remember about about <laughs> the game, and that's where sites like Paragon Wiki come in real handy to go through absolutely and, uh, and find out all of that stuff. Like you know, go through there. My find in files uh, works really helpfully on mm-hmm. my um, text oh, yeah. file program. Um, so I'll go through and first I'll f- I'll find out what we've what we've said, and then I'll I'll look through the story bible and I'll see what what we meant. Because a lot of times there's, I think there was a, another question on the forums that talked about like, what's the difficulty between those two? And really, that's what it comes down to: is that the the, the story bible will have one way or one vision mm-hmm. for how a certain event will play out, and but then the mission designer down the road might have written it in a different way, right? Um, or because just the nature of of game development, things just didn't turn out that way, and so trying to reconcile those two things are pretty much what is really where the difficulty comes from in the two of them. Yeah, I know there there was one that would basically said when it comes to novelization, gameplay, when those contradictions happen, which, oh, yeah. one, which yeah. one's right? Which one's canon? Um, the first one I'd have to say is the game. The game trumps all. If, if, if we've said it in the game... Um, now that doesn't mean we won't come back and go, yeah, you know what? We were actually wrong about that. Sorry. (laughs) You know, we do hold, hold that card. Uh, we generally try and only do that as a last resort, but you know, first it's what, what we said in the game. And then from there, like we, we look at the story Bible to see what we want. And there's a lot of stuff that's in the story Bible that we haven't released to the public. And so there really isn't a big conflict in that respect, but where there is a conflict, I'd probably have to say that me personally, I would go game, then website, then comic book, mm-hmm. then novel. Um, the novel and comic book are probably, I could see going back and forth on, but Ozatron uh, might disagree with me on that. But <laughs> the, I like the comic books much more. They're, they're much more now. Like they, they take place, you know, they, they feel more tied to the world. Right. So I, I think that, that that would kind of win out over the novels. When uh, Memphis Bill kind of ties in a question similar to that, 
how much of a bribe would it take to get a hold of that story Bible for a day or two? Oh yeah, that's um, <laughs> my answer. To that is always uh, pretty much the same, which is if you guys update all the stuff on the wiki so that it's completely up to date and ac- and accurate and everything's there, <laughs> then I'll let you guys look at the story Bible. Nice, gotcha. <laughs> Because, like, I'll go there, and you guys don't have everything. Like, there's a couple things that are missing. And I'm like, hey, why isn't this there? You know? Yeah. Which is also why I have an account, but have yet to really post much on there. <laughs> Very cool. Okay, Memphis Bill, get to work. Yep. <laughs> now you know. I'm sure the people at Paragon Wiki are going to love to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got another question from Olantern. Do you prefer creating new stories with the existing factions and elements or creating entirely new factions? I actually kind of like using existing factions a lot. I mean, I, I can create a lot of my own stuff. Like, I don't have any any creative issues with that. It's just more of there's a nice kind of puzzle element to taking something that's already in the game and and putting something new to it that mm-hmm. that a player who was to buy the game tomorrow like wouldn't realize that there was actually like multiple hands that touched that that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it's there's you know it's definitely it's one of those things I kind of like about the this ty- this particular type of job is that you know you come on and there's so much existing content all, already there and your job to kind of add in new content where it needs it but then not really make it so that it stands out mm-hmm. as something that's that doesn't fit with right. the area. and that was kind of the trick with the Midnight Squad this time around was like they're I think a great example of that is that you know my hope is that the player picks up the game tomorrow the fact that now we have these other contacts for the midnight squad you know throughout the different zones isn't isn't like why what are these guys doing here like mm-hmm. this doesn't fit at all like you just kind of go yeah they've always been here like you just it kind of works itself right into the tapestry of the game yeah so yeah that's that's my answer for that cool. It's also what I've pretty much had to do at my last three jobs. So it's, <laughs> you know, it's like you, you come in and, and the game and the lore is kind of there already. And it's your mm-hmm. job to kind of, you know, take it to the next place mm-hmm. that it needs to be. Cool. Kind of skipped over one from Kitsu Ninetales. Had another one in terms of ultimate veto. Is it you or Posi that decides what storylines in the next issue will be based on whether Reichsman or Banished Pantheon will be the focus, for instance? I think at the end of the day, it's actually Posse has the final, final say, but he definitely gives me enough rope to hang myself on a <laughs> regular basis. So uh, he's, there's there's a lot, like like the Midnight Squad's a great example of that, that it was something that I felt very strong about, that we could really do a lot of cool stuff with. And he was like, all right, go, do it. So, and you know, and there's other stuff that we'll come back for that... You know, he'll be like, nope, we need to do it like this. I mean, he's been on the game for so long, and he has so much familiarity with with what works and what doesn't work that on a, seems like a daily basis, I'll be bringing up, you know, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? And he's like, yeah, you know what? Like, I used to think that would be cool, but it's not, and here's why. And then he'll kind of teach me and guide me towards, like, you know, where where the, the game needs to be and stuff. So that's that's really nice. That's really good to have. It sounds ideal, actually. We've got another couple that uh, people who are thinking along the same wavelength. Uh, let's see. Rose had asked, putting Posse's comments aside about fan-created missions, because it's a long way off, and I would presume, <laughs> yeah. 
dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Right. Would you ever be willing to run a player-based contest where they themselves could help write a COH storyline and bring it into development? And along a similar vein, Zombie Man says, would you want to see fan-based story suggestions or do you need to keep up a high, high wall to prevent accusations of stealing ideas? Um, the first one as far as the player-based content or the, the player-based, you know, Create, let them kind of create their own story, and we have like a contest with it, and you know whoever wins gets gets their story arc into the game. I think that I think that's an excellent idea. I actually thought uh, when I first started working at Cryptic, um, I thought there was a thread somewhere that had a thing like that going. I know mm-hmm. Xlibre sent it around to me, but I didn't know how to like flag my forums to you know bookmark it or whatever, mm-hmm. and so I lost it. But um, I think that would be a great idea. I think it's there's there's a lot of good fan stuff there. Mm-hmm. It always comes down to an issue of bandwidth at that point. Because mm-hmm. when we did the comic book contest, I remember even that was somewhat taxing mm-hmm. on us to try and go through all of that because there were so many submissions. Yeah, and it was a comic book. Like unlike somebody who writes, you know, five or six missions for a story arc, and we got to read through all of them and figure out, you know, which one we want to bring in. Um, so um, am I, do I think it's a great idea? I think it's a great idea. You know, is there a way that I could manage that or handle that? Like me personally, it's, you know, I could do that or I could give you new, my own new missions for an issue. Right. I think it would right. be pretty much about the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that like, you know, I know there's a big fan com- community of people out there doing their own um, fan fiction and stuff like that. Right. I think if, if a group like that kind of got, got, got behind it and, you know, there was a big push within the community. I would definitely be willing to uh, to look at the best of the best in, in that respect. And then um, Zombie Man, who seems to be in my brain more than he should be, <laughs> I've noticed. Um, he was asking about the what, whether or not we can get submissions from stuff or we get them. I actually get a fairly decent amount of submissions from people with different ideas that they have. Um, for the game or what they want to see or like their own origin story they'll they'll send over to me and kind of want some feedback on it and stuff and when i have time i generally try and respond back to them i'd have to look at the eula to see exactly what the rules are for any of mm-hmm. that stuff but i i think it's kind of a situation that if it comes across the forums or if it comes to me in a pm that it's pretty much like fair game for us to use okay. if we want to gotcha now yeah. Is it is is that cool on our part? Like, maybe not, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that might not, you know. But I think a lot of times, what my experience, it, my experiences that I notice, um, I'll come, you know, I'll create or uh, another mission designer will will create a, a story arc that is very similar to the ones the player wants to see or that they came up with themselves because the themes of the of the game kind of push our imaginations towards that same idea. Mm-hmm. And so you you get a decent amount of that. I've never had any issues with people kind of going, "Hey, you stole my idea," because generally, if if they find their idea in the game, it should be a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like my other thought of that is I'm like thinking about going like, well, that mean I'd pretty much either be like, if I could get to the position I'm at now by, you know, taking the ideas from the forums, <laughs> I would either be a, a genius or a hack, which. <laughs> Which I could be a bit of both at any given moment, so (laughs) (laughs) who knows? Well, then we have a question from Epic Hero. If you could choose a universe-altering event for COX, what would it be? Which group or groups would be involved, and why? This one might be a little, like, 
this is a me personal one, not necessarily the the game in general, but I would like to uh, get rid of the teleporters. Really? Um, I kind of, like, it was a little jarring for me when I first came on to the game, like, when I was as as a fan, as, as playing. Like, I understand that, you know, in a mass multiplayer environment, you need to have a way to go and get your corpse or a way to, mm-hmm. to respawn, but as a as a mission writer, it makes things very difficult to kind of try and give any type of real weight to mm-hmm. what you're doing because you never like there's no real consequence right to to your actions and I think even the comic book showed that like Mark Wade and his first the, like the first ones that, that he wrote for it like he he turns he he takes that away from from the story like mm-hmm. he he brings down the tel- the teleporters and in the process now all of a sudden you're like oh wow these people could really get hurt like this could this is you know this is big time now mm-hmm. and and they even had like a one of the old um i think it was Rick Dakin doing the old blue king stuff for the comics there was a whole like jury ep- episode that had like you know those things being screwed screwed up and how like it actually involved in some in someone's death and and it really feels like when you want to, like that's one of the issues I I, I have kind of have coming in. Do I have a a gameplay solution for it? Not not exactly. I have some ideas, but nothing that you're going to see in issue thirteen. That's like, oh hey, we got rid of the you know when you die you teleport back to the hospital. <laughs> but if we if we did ever do something like that, it would it would have to be an event that we we change drastically in mm-hmm. how the and how the game works. And it would probably involve the Rick D since, you know, from the way I remember the lore on that, pretty much we stole the technology from them. And, um, it would definitely, yeah, it would be a world change changing event for, for that. Definitely. Well, we, yeah. Odds of us seeing it, not likely, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, that would, that would probably, that'd be my choice. I think it seems like every other MMO is trying to, find ways to integrate fast transportation systems because mm-hmm. people complain so much about how yeah. long it takes to get around. And uh, so, well, yeah, I mean, to take out telepaths would be huge. Yeah, like you would definitely would have to come up with something else. Like I, I've always kind of got the opinion that, that early mass multipliers, it felt more like you were just trying to come up with ways to make me play longer. Right. To get more cash out of me. And, and the minute I started to feel like that, I became very uninterested in giving them my money. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's a lot of situations where people have seen that, but I think we've also seen like as MMOs have m- matured, there's been more of a of an interest of of making sure the players are having more fun on a regular basis than the fact that they just have to play longer. Right. And and I think that's and that's something you always need to hold to. Like, and we're getting more and more to a, I mean, which is why you see a lot of stuff that's that uh, a lot of design mechanics that are coming from console games or from uh, other PC games where there isn't a, a monthly charge because it's kind of what players ex- expect the stuff to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really bad to sit in a room with people and you go, well, this is a really bad idea. And they're like, well, when I was playing insert some old mass multiplayer game that I don't <laughs> want to mention, you know, you should have seen that because I had to stand in line for the guy to spawn. And, right. you know, and you're like, really? Like, does that make you the idiot or does that make the game the idiot? Like, so at least that's always been my, my take on it. I've right. always wanted to kind of, it should feel very natural. <laughs> and I think we're, we're doing a good job of that. So mm-hmm. yeah. And you know, that's my pre- preface to, if I was to ever pull the pads out, it would, 
it would be a system that would actually be a step forward from from that. Gotcha. So we don't need to totally freak out right now. We can just know that if it were to happen, it, there yeah. would be an improvement. So, okay, I, yeah. can, I can breathe also, again. Yeah. Also know that Hero One has no authority whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> it's just some guys talking. Right. Yeah. CV Posi Vito question. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Got a question from Blue Sigma Three. From a creative perspective, where do you get your inspiration from, or inspiration for these stories and/or storylines? Comic books, novels, slight twists on real life events, then insert fantastic elements. You know, I, I, I get this question every now and then from people, and it actually reminds me of a Peter David review I had read once, where he he got the question posed to him about where does he get his inspirations from, and he actually gave like a, a mailing address that you can send like 15 bucks to <laughs> mm-hmm. and then they'll send you really good ideas and it would just happen to be his home address that he was giving out. <laughs> at least i believe that was the story nice as an aside a friend of ours mer lafferty who's an author just started a daily project where every day she does a blog post with a new story idea that's, oh, that's says awesome, this yeah. is creative commons use it don't use it just give me credit and it's called the news from poughkeepsie because keepsie poughkeepsie poughkeepsie <laughs> she did um playing for keeps okay and put it out as a patio book for free for everybody to listen to and it's about superheroes and bad guys good guys it's really amazing that's pretty cool i definitely love good superhero books well it's very good and she actually is a former player she doesn't i don't think play now because she spends so much time writing but she has created some characters in the game that she got the ideas i'm not sure which way it fed whether the game fed her ideas on characters for her book or whether she created characters based (laughs) off of her book but she loves the game too is it a comic book or a novel novel novel. okay yeah you know, plain, plain for keeps novel.com or the merverse.com. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go, Mer. We plugged you. <laughs> All right. I'm looking at the site right now. Awesome. She's an amazing writer. That is, that is good. We, we could use some of those. <laughs> <laughs> now, the most of the inspiration I get for, um, for the game itself comes from the game. Like, I'll read through the story Bible, which I have a printout, a bound print print out of that I, I read through when, whenever I get a chance because there's just so much of it to kind of mm. parse through or going through old old stories um, a lot of times too and I think if you get any group of fans of the game to, together they'll start talking about the great moments of mm-hmm. the game for them mm-hmm. and they'll be like oh I was doing this one mission and all of these robots <laughs> they just started to come to life like while I was oh, yeah. in this room and like oh it was awesome right yeah. or it's like mm-hmm. I was doing this other thing you know and and you kind of and and as a mission designer you 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 got to listen to that and you got to mm-hmm. go you know what like there's a lot of like go kill 10 skulls right, right. In, in, in the game but every now and then there's there's other stuff that kind of stands out mm-hmm. and and my my overall push is to get less t- kill 10 skulls and more of that, like, really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I'll look at those missions, and I'll see, like, what, what they did differently. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'll troll the forums. I'm a pretty big lurker there to kind of go through and and see what people are asking about or, like, how they want to see things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, it was it was kind of weird because for issue 10, 
like lo- looking at the, because my stay, like I've been at, at, on the team for about a year now. And uh, so it's really not that long in all honesty. Like it's still, I'm still fair, fair in my opinion, green on, <laughs> on, on project. Um, but issue 10 was just like trying to f- play catch up and get all that stuff, you know, make sure I didn't spell a guy's name wrong or so, something like that, which I do way too often. Um, issue 11, there was a lot, that was where I really got to delve into the history of the game because we were doing so much um, flashback content. It was really a chance to look at what it was that, that we were, you know, like what brought the game to what, what stories brought the game to that place. Mm -hmm. Uh, And 12 was kind of the first time for me to kind of start branching out and like looking at it. And now like I have a list of stories on my whiteboard that I didn't get a chance to tell. Oh, cool. and so I, I I've now gotten to that to that place where I'm like, oh, we really need to do that. Oh, mm. you know, be cool. like, yeah, like one I can give I can give you guys one because if it shows up or not, it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> uh, for for issue eleven, um, I always wanted to do a Groundhog Day mission. Ah. that would be a blast where it was like because you're you're time traveling and it's like you go back and just like every time you go back there's just one thing different that you have to do and the problem is is like you know a part of me just is like the cruel joke of the game designer would want to put you in like some office map (laughs) because you always have to see the office maps and just kind of you know and like oh i gotta go through office oh i gotta (laughs) fight the thorns again oh man like you know when's this going to be different you know but each time it's just slightly different to it so who knows maybe someday i'll get a chance to to write that there really isn't like that's that's kind of where like you had asked before like kind of where the ideas come from and stuff Mm -hmm. and and there isn't any right now any contextual reason why that arc would need to exist right it's just a cool idea right Um, and then, and then, so then the next part of my job would go, okay, what is it about like the, the theme of the issue as a whole that, that would want, that would make, you know, one of the contacts say, I need you to go and do this. Like, why is, you know, Minder Tesseract going to send you back to redo this thing all over and over again? Or why is, you know, the uh, Ogrim going to give you this mission? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the fun part because then you really start to go, okay, well, who is this character? Like, why would they really want to do that? And how does that build towards everything else that we're, that we're doing for the issue? Right. So, yeah, you know, I'm growing. <laughs> I'm done. That was it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so then we have a question from Pathway. If you could change one thing about the pre-existing COHCOV lore, what would it be? I think that's actually might be, I think I answered on some level, I think I actually kind of might have answered that already with the one event that I would do to the game is that um, I would probably change that, that lore aspect of it. That okay. I would pull the, the teleporters out. I mean, I thought about other stuff that I would, change and yeah right now they're just either i don't know enough of the lore to to hate any of it but uh (laughs) it's it's definitely um there's a lot there and there's a lot to work with so there's not a lot that i would go you know what i didn't really like how statesman and lord recluse are tied together in their powers or i didn't really like how synapse got his powers or whatever but I think all all of that stuff is is really good, and it's fun. Mm. It's fun to explore because so much of it we actually haven't really brought out to the players as much as we could. And so it's like, well, why would I want to change any of it? I can make it now. I could do whatever I want with it. You That's know? absolutely true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was the nice part about like the um, 
Spiderweez's web story arc for issue 11, mm-hmm. where, you know, you play a villain and you, you know, have to help Lord Recluse all overthrow the rogue isles. And, and that was just great to get into Mar Marshawn and, and kind of like what, what he's doing there and ev- all of the aspects of it. And then also like doing all the, the fun little tidbits of the dialogue for that. That was actually one that, that Warwitch worked on. Like she, she actually did that arc. Oh, and, wow. Which you can kind of tell if you kind of know her style to, you know, when she does her zone population of all the little like one liners that she puts in the zone as you play through and you, you'll, you'll kind of laugh about stuff or whatever. And, <laughs> and you can see, you can see that same touch that she has in, in those missions. Oh, cool. Very cool. And a question from Blackguard says, I'm a huge fan of the fifth column. Oh, yeah. Even though I joined with City of Villains, their story has always fascinated me, and their arch villains are without a doubt my favorites. They had a cameo in I-11 with mysterious hints. I-12 will probably feature lots about the path of the dark and the fifth, but I'm waiting for the heavy hitter Reichsman. What happened to him? Are there any hints you could share about the possible future endeavors of the fifth column or their heavy hitter himself? Well, if I remember properly, Reichsman's actually uh, frozen underneath the Freedom Phalanx's main headquarters. And so, let's see, I can't give anything like regarding plans that we have for him, though. But again, just as like some of the other stuff we talked about, like with Richty Homeworld, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it, it comes up probably more than it should to be ignored. <laughs> I think that uh, it's funny, though, like this guy, Reichsman, like he's, he's not in the game. Right. Like he's he's a if I, you know, I I checked up and as far as I could tell, like he's just like a line or two on the website. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like one guy could have that much like momentum behind him. Right. Yeah. Like we always we always get talks of people going like, when are you going to bring this guy out? And it's just it's so funny because like we were like, wow, like, really him? OK, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'll admit it. I didn't recognize the name at all when I saw it. I'll admit it. <laughs> yeah, he's basically, you know, he's an alternate version of Statesman. Gotcha. And I think that, like, that that idea really resonates with a lot of people. I and mean, that's why a lot of them like the pre- Praetorian stuff mm. so much. Yeah. Which I think is awesome. Like, I think that stuff's great. I would love to, again, like, go back and explore some of that stuff as well, mm-hmm. given the opportunity. Speaking of the Praetorian Earth, Dr. Illuminatus asks, could a player use Ouroboros to try to alter events on Praetorian Earth, i.e. save Miss Liberty, alter certain events in Dominatrix's life to turn her into Lady Statesman? I would have to say that would be a yes. <laughs> ah. Like, you know, you would have to be able to get to Praetorian Earth and there would have to be an Ouroboros there, which, since everything seems to be kind of reversed, you probably wouldn't end up with the Ouroboros that you know and love in our world. <laughs> right. So you, you know, you might the the effects might not be exactly as intended. Mm-hmm. So uh, so yeah, but in theory, yeah, if there was um, that particular method of time travel op- open to the players, then they would be able to, or to the the characters of it, then they would be able to go through and try and do that stuff. <laughs> Entirely hypothetically, of course. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Fleeting Whisper asks, are we actually going to see a reduction in the usage of the Prussian Prince of Automatons? I love Nemesis, and having the great mastermind behind a million and a half schemes just vanish when his future self shows up would be disappointing. 
I feel like um, Fleeting Whisper and I need to wear t-shirts that say, you know, vote for Nemesis. <laughs> um, I personally think the guy's really awesome. I like the the idea of the villain, um, the plots within plots. I think it's very cool. But honestly, like, we've kind of used him a lot of recent time. So mm-hmm. I don't think we're walking away from him. But um, we might be kind of dancing with another group, basically, for, for a while. But he's still, he's still there. You're just mm-hmm. on a we're, break. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's very much so. I mean, like, the, the stuff we revealed for the um, Ricky War Zone with him, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the stuff players have been able to, to parse together for issue 11, I think that it continues to set stuff up. It's just we need to make sure that we give some of the other groups some time. Because there's there's a lot of really good groups in the game that we could kind of start looking at again and bring out some more of. And I'm sure he'll wait patiently for us to uh, to <laughs> reveal everything. Right. <laughs> we have a question, another one from Ole Antern. What are the most important differences between writing a story arc and creating other kinds of fiction? Do you find it difficult to create a coherent story when you know nothing about the protagonist, the player, hero, or villain that will play through it? This is actually kind of the nature of the beast for game writing. Like, it's the way that, you know, it's, it, it's why so many other writers have difficulty, I think, trying to come into game writing, is because they, they try and put the motivation on the player and tell them what they feel and tell, tell them, you know, how, how to act and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it, especially for mass multiplayers, that just, that just doesn't work. Like right. it, people do not like being told what to do in that respect. Yeah. Um, it's fine to some extent in like a first person game or a single player game. You're more along for the, the ride of that. And I think that's, that's great. But for mass multiplayers, you really, you know, as a, as a writer, you need to put, your your emphasis on the contacts themselves in this case, which is kind of the job that that I do is have them be the ones that um, are upset about what's going on, or they're you know unhappy about it. They they're 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 jazzed about what you're doing. Like show show the emotion through them, and let the players kind of decide how their own characters respond to that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so there's some decent villain arcs that actually do, I think, a good job of this, where they kind of cross a line on what makes people feel should cross in regards to being a villain and being evil. Mm. And, and you know, you get, uh, I mean, I've seen some forum threads of people, you know, arguing, like, did this go too far? Um, and I think that's great. Like, I want to see more of that kind of con- conversation of, like, players going... You know, this isn't how, like, my characters don't feel like they, you know, like that they would do this. It's like, well, then you have a great opportunity to not play that arc or to, to choose to do a, a, a different arc. or whatever. Right. So, and maybe that stuff with the um, contextual dialogue or with the branching dialogue that we, we might be able to explore more to kind of give you an idea of that. But I'm not sure how much within the existing system we have, like, that'll actually be likely. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of going off into another angle there. But yeah, essentially it's um, in order to try and do it for game writing to, to versus other forms of writing. Yeah, you really have to kind of, you have to get used to the fact that you don't know who your main character is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so then you, it's just about building up the setting and the plot and kind of let the you know character be what it's going to be, like what, who they want to be. 
Got a question from Master Jedi Jared. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Will the City of Heroes storyline continue with the predominant Greek themes and motifs? Will more ancient Greek stories and philosophies be integrated into new characters and NPC groups? I think so much of the world of Paragon, I mean, even the the, the name Paragon City ties back to that. And I know when they initially were creating all of that lore... Like, there's no way that we can really, even if I wanted to get away from it, that we could. And I think issue 12 is kind of the sign that I didn't want to get away from it. Like, I, I wanted to more embrace it. The The balance to that is kind of, again, just what I was talking about before with, you know, you can't put words into the hero's mouth. Um, mm-hmm. they, don't really, they don't really like that. So it's like if you start to go down a path where, you know, it's all Roman and Greek all the time, a lot of guys are going to be like, look, this has nothing really to do with my own origin, with what I want to do. So right. you need to balance those two things. Mm-hmm. But I think I think there's plenty of room to play within those themes and motifs. I mean, it's, it's classic for our, our Western culture. It's kind of, I mean, it literally is classic with a big C. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, what we, it's what we understand, like, without even knowing that we, we un- understand what's going on there. We, you know, it's right. the same thing with Old school Tolkien fantasy, like everybody kind of gets it, mm-hmm. you know, without having to really sit down and explain like what you would have with uh, other genres, like what every class is and what everything's going on. Right. right. Totally. So do you have a favorite mission or task force? Well, right now it would be Time Zero. <laughs> um, that's, that's my favorite task force. My, um, And then also, I think actually for, it's funny, I'm just... Again, I, I mentioned before that you know I've been buried into the Midnight Squad for so long that mm-hmm. you know that's pretty much all I can think about. But uh, I really like Montague Castanella's story arc, Lost and Found. Um, we really got to do a lot of different stuff with each of those missions, and really kind of do some kind of crazy stuff with the story. So I'm I was really jazzed about that, and the fact that it goes from ten to fifty, I think, is going to be mm-hmm. awesome. I think players are going to like that. Yeah. Um, and but Darren Wade's arc um, has some. It's it's got some cool stuff. I think it's it's all about the last mission on that one, and I'm not going to reveal it to anybody. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's some big surprises, and then even when you go back and talk to him at the end of the mission, you know, for those who maybe don't always read all the text, it might be worthwhile to read what he says mm. when you go back and talk to him because. He he kind of he kind of points out some some interesting things of where he wants to see things go. So that was that was fun because Darren Darren Wade was a was once a member of the Midnight Squad, oh, and gotcha. he kind of pretty much like sold sold out. Mm-hmm. You know, stole stole a bunch of stuff, and now he's gone to the Rogue Isles and he's kind of selling his information and all of the stuff he he took from their stores um, uh, to the highest bidder. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, you have you have some some good stuff that you gotta you gotta do with him. Awesome. Um, I think this actually wasn't really necessarily a question, but something I wanted to kind of bring up that I thought that I really liked how it turned out. Mm-hmm. This yeah. issue was um, normally for those who kind of deal with you know who who go out to the zones and look for like the Easter eggs and stuff that we yeah. that that Warwitch puts out there. Mm-hmm. Um, she had gotten this idea to do kind of this like mystery clue thing for the midnight squad zone mm-hmm. and that you know like throughout throughout the zone that there would be like these different clues that you would click on and each clue would kind of lead you to an, another clue it would kind of reveal some seek secret of the midnight squad and 
she asked me, she's like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to write some stuff up for this? And I was like, Oh, I'd love to, this would be great. You know, I'm not sure how much time I have, but I'll see what I can do. And so like, I just, I started working on it and I just went crazy. Like it, <laughs> it, it was so much fun. Like there's, there's 13 clues and each one is like, I really tried to get into the lore and the history of the Midnight Squad mm-hmm. and from different angles, you know, each time where it's like one is a journal entry from the guy who, who, who first starts the Midnight Squad. One is like the skull of one of the guys who's now cursed and is on the, you know, that's like the first clue most people find is there's a skull right on the desk when you first walk in and that kind of starts all of it oh, cool. and, wow. and you click on it. So it's, those were, um, it was different than the writing I normally do because normally my stuff is all mission based. But, right. And this was really just kind of sitting back and going, all right, so what did happen to the dream doctor? Like, you know, how did, you know, so-and-so get their powers or, you know, all of that stuff. Like where did all these magic items come from? And, and so, yeah, there's, there's some fun stuff in there. I, that was one of the things I really, I really enjoyed. And I hope the, the players enjoy it. The, our hope was to make it a little more accessible than the Easter eggs usually are. Uh-huh. Um, because like you walk into the midnight zone and you know, there's a guy behind a desk that you're supposed to talk to and right there is the skull and it's just kind of natural. Like you click on the skull and <laughs> and he gives you a little bit of information and says, Hey, go look for the other clues. And you're like, Oh sweet. And we yeah. give you a badge at, at, at the end of it too. So that's, that's nice. Oh, that's- and you can just go onto the forums and, you know, find all the clues and where they're all at. Right. If you're that type of player. <laughs> that's fine. But, uh, or you can look for them yourself. They're not that hard to find. So <laughs> That sounds really fun. Yeah, very cool. It was really, I was like, man, we should do this in every zone. This is cool. You know? <laughs> so, so who knows? We, we, might, we might put some more of those in. Oh, cool. Nice. All right, I think we had one last question. All right. And you know, we're really a fan project, but is there any way we could get some official hero names? <laughs> the real question finally comes out. Now you know why it's the last one we got. You relaxed. Yeah, that's you true. Know. I'm like, all right, a little tired. <laughs> well, maybe you guys might be tired. I'm. We're still on on work hours now. So, oh, right. Um, so this is everyone else is looking at me. Are you still on that interview? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't have to work. This is awesome. <laughs> As far as getting your own uh, names, I think there, we might be able to arrange something. I could, I could see that. All right. But uh, it all depends on, you know, your willingness to completely give that character over to Hero 1 to do with what he will. <laughs> okay, now I'm in a puddle on the floor. <laughs> and I need you to fan me because I'm just all, woo! <laughs> I mean, I was, it was one of the things like this. This issue, I actually kind of experimented with creating a couple smaller heroes. Um, to kind of come out. I have a cadaver kill and sigil or two that you probably won't even really notice are in there at all. But I actually had a lot of fun creating their background story and doing all the stuff with them. Oh. Um, so that was, that was fun. I enjoyed that. And I was like, man, I should do this. Of course, Grant, I'm getting a handful of bugs about them. So maybe I shouldn't right. do this. More. <laughs> so, uh, but, um, no, that was fun. And so I think, I think kind of more stuff like that. We even had stuff like that in the, comic book like towards the end like we, we started to bring in other characters and we had a mm-hmm. contest and i'm all i love that stuff like i think like the game that keeps us the other thing that keeps this game alive is the people playing it it's mm-hmm. you know it's we do it all for you guys so anything we can do to kind of you know bring more of that stuff 
I think that would be awesome. That being said, I don't want a you know huge right list of people who are like put my name in the game. Right. My name in the game. Yeah. Well, since we yeah. have your ear, I will say for Chooch without even asking him, we put ourselves completely in your hands. If you were to ever get the urge to do that, we totally trust you and <laughs> name us your caffeine addiction, and we'll send you cases, <laughs> bribery, whatever. But Caffeine's again, good. we understand the whole. Um, Everybody wants their own, but we actually just asked as a joke, but yeah, yes, please. Yes, please. We trust you, whatever you want. Yeah. It's, that's just, I mean, that's, that's the joy of it, right? Like is to be, be working on a game that's, um, that's always there. It's always going to be out. Like there's always going to be new stuff for it. And yeah. because of that, it's so different than any other game I've worked on because there's always the possibility of doing whatever you want with it. Right. And so, so trying to actualize that every, every issue and trying to, I mean, it, it helps to keep, to keep us going, like to keep us so inspired about it. I was worried that if I was going to come on, I would be like, man, I got to work on that game for like ever. Like uh-huh. <laughs> really? And I'm like, Oh, this is great. This is like, this is exactly what I would want. Like it's, you're constantly building the story. Mm-hmm. You're constantly building the world and, and, and you're never done. Like you're, you're just always like, okay, what's next? And that's, that's a great feeling. Oh, that's awesome. It's so cool too, because, and of course, all we know is what we see on the forums, but it just seems like such an amazing group of people. It is. It really is. Like, I, I don't think I've worked with a better group. Um, everybody takes responsibility for what they do. Everybody mm-hmm. does everything they can to, to help everybody else out. Um, they're all really ta- talented. Um, I mean, they, they kind of had to be like, this happened before I came on, but it's like when there was only the 15 of them, like you couldn't have a slacker in, mm-hmm. in, in the group right. and you had to wear a lot of hats. I mean, they were supporting like how many subscribers off of 15 people right? Yeah. and like, you got to be rock stars to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and that was kind of daunting coming on and working with these guys and going, wow, like, they're they're the real deal here and so it's been great to kind of try and step up to to match their their level and you know hopefully when we bring in new people they'll be rock stars too right Right. it'll just get that much better which i think is is pretty much what's happening we're being very careful about you know how we we have grown a lot since since we moved in the offices but Mm -hmm. everyone seems like you know they've all seemed like good hires. Like, I think we're, we're really going to be onto something that you guys are going to be really ex- excited in the coming months, years, decades, whatever, <laughs> you know, we can keep this game going. Fantastic. Awesome. Was there uh, anything else that we didn't cover that you wanted to cover? Let's see. I don't think so. I'm trying to think of, let's see, I covered, I pitched, you know, the wiki as much as possible because <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I think, Pretty much, I can't really think of much else. Um, it seemed like a pretty decent interview. Cool. We, we covered a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And answered the majority of questions that I think needed to be answered yeah. by the fans. So that's good. Yeah, there are There's a lot of them. <laughs> oh, I did see one, st- one question on there that was, am I related at all to the singer? <laughs> right. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, which... Um, <laughs> There were times in in high school where to meet a girl I might fib <laughs> a little, but, uh, but no, there's no actual re- re- relation. Thankfully, um, yeah. But, uh, As a girl, I can say that that line would have worked with me because <laughs> I had a major crush on him. 
I knew better, but I, it didn't matter. There was something just, yeah. I bet that yeah. would have worked well. <laughs> it it never really did. No. No. <laughs> I think that might have had more to do with me than than, than the name. Uh, but, you may uh, have been pitching to the wrong yeah. girls. That may have just been the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, I don't have to worry about that anymore. That's all. Happily married. That's, That's awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Joe. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Well, thanks for having me on. It's been a blast. I hope I didn't ramble on too long for you guys. It's nice to have a captive audience. If there's one thing we've found out from the fans of this show, our shows cannot be too long. (laughs) Absolutely. Amazingly. And believe me, they will sit however long this goes and be very happy because we have Hero One. (laughs) Well, that's good to hear. (laughs) So thanks again. And we hope we get to talk to you again soon. I hope so, too. They might take my microphone away after this. (laughs) We hope not. Well, that wraps up this special episode of the City of Heroes podcast. We really want to thank Joe for coming on and kind of breaking us in gently with the whole red name thing. And hopefully (laughs) he's the first of many. And gosh, we'd love to have him back again. It was so fun talking to him. Lighthouse and Ex Libras for setting it up. Oh, Uh, so yes. Big thank you. Very cool. Everybody's so awesome at that company. I know. (laughs) Big love. We're so glad our money goes there. (laughs) It's a good investment. And for everybody who uh, hit the official boards and put in the questions and, you know, sorry, I know we didn't get everybody's questions in, but, you know, we only had so much time, so we did what we did. (laughs) So if you have any feedback for us, you can give us a call at 206-333-3206. You can send an email to cohpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can leave a comment on the site at cohpodcast.com. And while you're there... Join the forums. Look around. Don't post porn, but look around and have fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we have a lot of fun there. Oh, and we'll have pictures from the listener meetup, which we don't have time to talk about now, but we will later. Yes. It was awesome. It was awesome. Great turnout. Lots of fun. We love them all. (laughs) (laughs) So take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Good hunting, heroes. This podcast, its hosts, and websites are not in any way affiliated with NCSoft, Cryptic Studios, or City of Heroes. All views expressed are solely of the hosts and their guests. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License, which is explained in detail at cohpodcast.com. Good hunting, heroes.